Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through uh, art, storytelling, nature, music, poetry, creating, and passionate people doing very incredible things. Uh, hello, I am definitely not a fae person, but I am still here to make a deal. Uh, my name is Trey, also known as Orphe Tunes. Right now, Emily and I are working on getting her back into the podcast, uh, so she will be joining us here in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, folk of the Fey Realm, I am very happy and very honored to present our guest tonight, uh, is Suzanne Stafford. Uh, Suzanne Stafford is a great lover of fantasy, so much so that she decided to share this love with the world by creating a weekend-long event that people travel to from all over to attend, the Fairy Court Masquerade Ball in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, Lord and Lady, Fey Folk of the Realm, and everyone in between, please give a very warm and inviting welcome to Miss Suzanne Stafford, the Autumn fairy queen <sighs> awesome thank you so much for having me on i'm so honored i'm so excited i'm a little bit nervous but i'm very excited oh, we're so happy to have you on tonight um one of the things that um that struck me so much is i'm not a person who is um as in touch with the um with going to things like ren fair or um really like the uh, the fairy sort of community that has really sprung up in the last couple of months and we've had a few guests on now that have really opened my eyes to how much and how much breadth of a community is actually out there mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that i would like to ask before we get dive into that community aspect is I would really like to know um, how did you come into uh, finding about all of this community and finding your love of fantasy? Well, I guess I have always, always loved fantasy and um, fairy tales and, you know, all the different pantheons of the different gods and goddesses. So I have researched and loved that for years, you know, and read all, all the fantasy books. And I also love um, costumes, you know, historical costumes, you know, fancy costumes. So I have just always loved it. And going to the Renaissance festivals, that gave you a little bit of a chance to dress up. But until recently, nobody was dressing up as fairies. So I've still always wanted to do do fairies. Of course, Maleficent, you know, has always been my top favorite. But probably in, you know, well, I guess even for my wedding and hand fasting, we actually um, had our hand fasting at the Texas Renaissance Festival, and I was dressed as a fairy for that. So, um, you know, that's that's been 20 years now. So... You know, I started doing some dress up as that. And, you know, just the last few years realized that, you know, I wanted to have a ball based on that because I'm seeing everything else. And I, I wanted to wear the fairy fantasy costumes. And I guess I always figured that if I really, really want something rather than complain about it, I just need to go make it happen. So 
That's why we have the fairy court masquerade ball in South Mississippi. <laughs> uh, one thing that struck me, what you just said is you dressed up as, or I'm sorry, you um, ad adorned, is that the word I'm thinking of? Adorned um, a fairy regalia for your wedding? Well, you for, for our hand fasting. Well, from our wedding, we actually had three events. Um, we had a wedding in Wyoming, traditional church wedding. And then we had a hand fasting in Texas with our friends um, where we wore, I had a fairy costume. I made my husband sort of a pan costume with a little furry leggings and a little vest. He looked really awesome. Um, and then we had um, a reception with his family in Maryland as well. Oh my. So. Okay. I'm like low key, but also very high key jealous of that. That, <laughs> that sounds amazing. So. It was a lot of fun and you know we had all of our friends you know come in from all over and help us do you know the ritual for the hand fasting you know friends from many different states came in and you know we just had a great a great weekend it was a lot of fun you know but that was you know again that was a long time ago so the people wearing fairy and fantasy costumes at the ren fest still wasn't quite as much of a thing then as it is now but that was just what I wanted to wear I guess I've always loved fairies and dragons those are my favorite things so that was what I wanted what about the fairy what about the fairy aspect attracted you the most I guess um well I guess I always am thinking that um I'm more of an edge walker between the the fantasy, the other realm, and the current human human realm, and I always crave that creativity, and that's what you need to pull in because our normal corporate culture sucks the life out of everyone, and any creative urge that you possibly had is gone and. It's sucked away. So I'm trying to add that back in because people need that. You, you have to have that spark of fun and creativity or life's just not really worth living, in my opinion. No, or I'm sorry. I totally agree. Um, you know, what, whatever your creativity is, people need that um, to, to make them their best selves. It is... A it is one of those things that as I've gotten, um, as I've gotten a little bit older, I have started to see that more and more. And when I was like 20, I was like, no, I'm never going to lose my imagination. And then I hit 30 a couple of years ago and I went, wow, I am, I'm boring. Like I need yeah. to do something, need to do something different and fun, which is uh, when Emily started introducing me to uh, the Renaissance Fair. And when, uh, when I started like, actually getting really interested into Dungeons and Dragons, which introduced mm -hmm. like a whole, just a whole lexicon of mythology. Mm -hmm. um, so that love of like fairies and, um, and mythology and lore behind it, and just that innate love of imagination led you to create the masquerade ball. Um, yes. How did, how did the masquerade ball come into fruition um i had i think before the pandemic i had attended um an event similar to that in new orleans 
And I had never heard of anybody ever having a fairy ball before. And I, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I have to go. What, whatever it is, I have got to go to that. And, um, you know, I made this autumn fairy queen outfit and um, I went and, you know, it was a good time in New Orleans. But then I thought, you know, we need to have something like this closer to where I live. And um, the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast is a great area. And there's there's so many awesome things to go see. It's a great destination um, as well. And it's like we we need more of that here, um, more family friendly activities and, you know, just just fun things to do. Um, and then I guess the pandemic happened. So then everybody is like scared at home, stuck in their house. And I guess it was in the middle of that. I just decided that um, people needed something fun to do and they needed people. I mean, it's, it's very bad for people's health to not be in community with other people. Um, and they needed some joy back in their lives. So that was why I organized the first fairy court masquerade ball in 2020. That was when we were just starting to be able to go out and do things. And I, I just set it up because we, we needed to have something fun to do to get together and celebrate life and bring some joy back into it people's lives. So that was why I started it. Oh, what a time to start a, a business and a, an so, event. How did that first one go? Um, the first one actually was fantastic. People were so ready to get out and have fun. They probably hadn't been dancing, you know, in nine months because sure. this was in September. What is it? March, I guess six months you know, because um, I think it was March when everything shut down. So they probably had not been out of their house for six months, hardly, and definitely not, you know, around people. And everybody just was so thrilled to be there having a good time, you know, dancing, you know, wearing cool costumes. And they just um, had a great, a great night. You know, we, you know, celebrated all the, the different entertainers because, I also want the fairy ball in addition to the guests being able to wear their awesome costumes and have fun and look fantastic, but to be able to also celebrate and appreciate all of the other artisans. So the performers and the, you know, the musicians and, you know, all of those characters, you know, because art, art needs to be expressed in all of its forms. I was actually having this conversation with somebody earlier and uh, they were, they were saying that, you know, it's, oh, you know, it's nice to have this as like a hobby or, you know, oh, it's nice that you like paint and that sort of thing. And almost like just, just touting this. And it's like, no, there is so much breadth that you can bring to it. Um, yeah. I watched somebody on TikTok. um, start making their own wings for things and they were making it out of this like iridescent paper and um then they were like well i want to try i want to try like vacuum sealing it a little bit and then i want to take some like oil paint to it and kind of give it more of this like rustic vibe to it and they wound up with these incredible um 
like wings that looked like they were growing from vines. Oh wow! Um, and it had this great shimmer effect, and um, so it's it. There's so much that's there, there's so much that's there to celebrate. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really happy that you were able to incorporate that into um, into creating this incredible, incredible time for people. Yeah, and and even for the people who think they're not creative, which everybody really is in in their own own way. But even if they don't feel that they are themselves, then they can go and appreciate it because all of the artisans also need to have someone to appreciate their art as well. Um, I do have to, oh, sorry, go ahead. And I guess the other thing is, I was just going to say is as an artist, you have to create. If you if you don't create, it causes all sorts of you know difficulties in your life. It's just it's an it's an urge that you have to create something. Um, you know if you some at various times when I've been too busy working and I could not create things, and you you put it off and you put it off, and then it's like you have a, a manic episode where you have to you have to create so it's better if you sort of create along the way and you don't get to the point where you have to do some sort of manic creating um, episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, for our, uh, for our listeners here, uh, both on Twitch and our uh, listeners to the podcast, I am um, currently pointing to my creation that's in my, in the background that I've got going on right now. That is my manic creation. Um, it is a, it is a, five piece um set and i just sat down one day and i was like i i've got to make this so over the course of like five months i've made a pair of harem pants Mm -hmm. um a wizard's robe a sash um the tunic and i've just been adding like details over top of this Mm -hmm. because it will just be like i haven't made anything i must make something Mm -hmm. um and then I've got like a whole closet filled with things that I've randomly sewed just because I was in the mood and I needed to express my creativity somehow. Mm-hmm. I, I have never described it as like manic artist creations, but that I think perfectly sums it up. It's just, you, you have to do it. You, you can't, you know, you put it off and you put it off and then it's like your, your creative urge, I guess is going, it is, cannot wait any longer we must you must create <laughs> um one thing that i would also like to describe for just a quick moment is this fantastic outfit that you have on right now uh because our uh, listeners may not get to to see this so if you don't mind i would like to take a moment uh to oh, sure. uh, to describe that and if you'd like to model you're more than welcome to um Currently, the Autumn Fairy Queen is currently adorned with a marvelous regalia of a crown that is made of the finest leaves. Um, imagine if the sun, uh, imagine that the sun burst, and from the sun bursting, you have this incredible mixture of fire red, of this golden yellow, of this very warm orange tones, all made into a leaves. And then um, almost looks like a sunburst on top of a crown. Um, all of these incredible 
leaves on top of one another turned into what you would expect an an autumn crown to look like. Um, atop of her incredible um, sandy blonde hair is that is cascading around her face. Uh, currently has adorned with her a uh, a a multitude of looped necklace, golden looped, looped necklace that perfectly complements both her hair and the crown and also signifies her incredible stature as the Autumn Fairy Queen. Yes, How'd I do? You. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, this is sort of my Fairy Queen, Fairy Queen light. So this is more of a casual, <laughs> a casual version. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for gracing um, gracing this peasant with your incredible, incredible uh, presence today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one other thing that, um, speaking of the ball itself, uh, going back to the masquerade ball, one of the other um, societies and things that are is coming out of the masquerade ball is going to be the Whisper of Hope which is a charity that's benefiting. Yes. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Okay, yes. So the the other part of my creating the Fairy Court Masquerade Ball was I wanted to base that on costumes, community, and causes. So while we're getting a chance to dress up and have a, a fun time, then we're also creating community by meeting other people that like the same thing, you know, making friends, making new connections. But then we also want to have the causes where we give back to the nonprofits in our area. So the, the main nonprofit for the Fairy Court Masquerade Ball is Whisper of Hope, which is a wildlife rehabilitation group here in South Mississippi. What they do is when people find all of these hurt or injured wildlife, you know, the, the turtles, the birds, the snakes, the crows, whatever, uh, squirrels, bats, things like that. They will take them to these rehabbers and then they will do everything they can to fix up the wildlife so they can release them back into the wild. There are sometimes a few that they then cannot release back into the wild so then they keep those because they have a special license. You can't do this if you don't have your special license. But then they keep those animals as their ambassadors. And then they take those, the owls, and they used to have a crow, and, you know, they have some turtles and snakes and things. And then they set up booths at all of these fairs, or they go talk to school kids, um, about how to interact with wildlife. So it's sort of a, they're helping the wildlife and heal them, but then they also have the educational portion where they are educating the public about wildlife. And let's see, they, at the Fairy Ball, then they do bring their ambassadors and you could have your picture with them too, which is pretty cool. Um, but their dream goal is to open an educational center where people would learn about the native wildlife through interactive displays and nature trails with a teaching hospital for treating the wildlife. And they hope to be able to have it be self-sustainable with 
wildlife food and pollinator gardens and beehives because the, the beehives, they use the honey for some of the healing of the wildlife. It's a, a natural thing that they use. So that is their goal, but they're a very small nonprofit and they're, they're needing some help to, you know, reach their goal. I also wanted to make sure I was working with smaller nonprofits that really needed some exposure and help mm -hmm. rather than some of the big ones that everybody already knows about. You know, that was the other part of my selection. Um, and we will also probably have um, the CASA court-appointed special advocates of Harrison and Stone County who have a table there as well to tell people um, about their mission, which is um, supporting abused and neglected children. When those abused and neglected children are going through the court system, then they appoint this special advocate to help them. You know, it's all a volunteer basis, but it just supports the children as they go through their process you know, of, of being in the courts and, you know, with their family or other families. So those are the, the two nonprofits that um, we'll be helping raise money for this year. That is incredible. Um, one thing about the, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, the, the whisper of hope. When you say wildlife, um, is that wildlife that is uh, like native to Mississippi or is that a, like a specific subsection of wildlife it would just be whatever whatever lives here locally you know that they <laughs> they would find you know when when they post i mean it's things like bats and squirrels and possums and i haven't seen any armadillos foxes sometimes um mm. i've you know i you know i'm following their post scene trying to think what else they have released um you know lots of squirrels and the some of the the animals that they have are they were two different kinds of owls and i can't remember what kind but like furby is a very cute little bitty owl and then they have another one that's like a, a taller owl um mm -hmm. plus i think they've got some snakes and turtles as well that are their ambassadors Okay, see, so you're talking to somebody that aspires to be basically a Disney princess. So yeah. every, everything about this is uh, very much speaking to me. Yes. So, you know, when, when I was originally thinking of the, the fairy court masquerade ball, it's like, well, what, what cause would be suitable to the fae? And it's like, well, it's either nature or animals. So that, that was how I um, originally selected Whisper of Hope because you know, the Fae, you know, are all about nature and, and wildlife. So um, it's also very important that we make sure that the the animals are taken care of, because if, if you lose your animals, then eventually your human habitat isn't going to be doing as well. So we need to make sure we have the, the animal kingdom in balance. Agreed. Um, there's actually a preserve... I live here in um, just right on the other side of the North Carolina, South Carolina border. Um, and up in Salisbury, there is a place called Tiger World. 
And they do something similar to Whisper of Hope, but it's more for uh, more exotic animals that mm -hmm. cannot cannot be released back into the wild. Um, so I have actually been able to see and been within about seven to eight feet of a, a Bengal tiger, a true lion and lioness, mm -hmm. um, an actual liger, um, a, a peacock, like, mm -hmm. and just like a, a whole host of these other animals. Um, and with that same kind of golden mind of protecting the wildlife, making sure that they are well taken care of. Um, so it's a, it's an incredible, an incredible place to go. So um, if they can do that, but make it even like 10 times better for the actual local wildlife, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Then, you know, she talked to me a little bit about, you know, some of the things that she was wanting and, you know, it sounded awesome because somehow in the trees here, they, she wanted to create some sort of cages within the trees. So then like the birds, the big birds would be able to safely be rehabbing while they're still sort of feeling like they're out in the forest but they can't fly away until they're totally healed. So um, yeah, it, it would definitely be a, a good place for the animals for as long as they had to stay, you know? And, and I think was it Dollywood has eagles. They had, they had a bunch of eagles in a habitat there. You know, I, this is probably sacrilegious. Um, I've lived in the South long enough, but I have never been to Dollywood. I think, I think I have committed a sin against Dolly Parton at this point. Um, but I will, will put that on my list. Need uh, to go well, to I, we had gone there for my birthday um, last year. So um, it, it was enjoyable. But th that was one thing that I, I noticed. And I think I had talked to Whisper of Hope about was that they have to have a, a special license to um, keep the eagles and, and they happen to have one there at um, at Dollywood. And I know that's something that, you know, Whisper of Hope is is working to make sure that they would be able to have those types of um, birds as well. That is awesome. One thing that I would um, that I would like to ask, since we're on the topic of um, keeping things uh, kind of in that in that theme of supporting things of the Fae and things uh, supporting mm -hmm. the this realm of things. I do have to ask, what is what is your favorite fantasy story? Mm. Um, probably, well, probably my favorite is actually probably Beauty and the Beast. I have collected um, Beauty and the Beast stories for years in all different versions with you know beautiful artwork, um, and I like how they they tweak the story just a little bit every time. So that's, that's probably one of my favorites, but for the fairy ones, probably my favorite fairy themed ones would be like the Mary Gentry series from Laurel K. Hamilton. Totally okay. awesome. If you haven't read it, you, you, I liked it enough that I own all of them. Um, then there's the, a Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. And she also has Throne of Glass series. Also I've actually heard of that. Um, 
And then I had the Iron King or the Iron Fae series by Julie Kagawa. And that's, that's where I get some of my steampunk fairies. Because yes. um, that's, that's, again, I like to see how people take the, the normal, um, I guess, culture of the, the fairy tales and then they tweak them just a little bit and they they make their own own fantasy world with just a few different um you know different things to it and that one was very unique the iron face series i don't think i had ever heard anybody um talk about the iron Fae before that and the possibility of adding that and you know we have so much technology it would make sense that eventually they might evolve to offer, you know, a different court of the Iron Fae. So if you haven't read it, definitely check that one out. Um, some of the other books that I had written down, because I have to write them down, I always forget the names of them, was the like Mortal Instruments by Cassandra Clare and her Infernal Devices. Yes. Um, the Ink Heart by Cornelia Funk is good and then of course you know you've got your spiderwick chronicles by um tony de terlizzi so those are some of my favorite fay books you know and, and then i guess if you if you talk tv then of course you've got um the once upon a time series is awesome oh uh, okay you're mentioning all of these series of things um i've seen I've seen the Spiderwick Chronicles. Um, I've definitely watched every single episode of Once Upon a Time. Um, and I actually have... Um, oh my gosh, what is it? You just said it. Um, uh, the, the Mortal... Mortal um, Instruments. I think they made that into like a movie or something. Uh, they made it into a movie and then it was like a, a decently running TV series. Okay. Um, which was, I mean, it was okay. It was, uh, um, the book I'm sure is better, but I actually have that on my wish list at Barnes and Noble, um, to pick up pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So those, you know, those are just all fun. And if you haven't seen it, I, I, I've watched the once upon a time series multiple times, but I just realized that they had a once upon a time wonderland. If you haven't seen that, that one was awesome too. Oh, I love their interpretation of Alice for that. Mm -hmm. um, I so not to get too far into it, but um, when the Ovation Network was still uh, in circulation here in the United States, um, they actually had a um, a night of different ballet series, mm -hmm. and one of the one of them that they did um, among the the different things that they had was a new ballet about the Alice in Wonderland, um, kind of a, a, a newer ballet series. And I liked it because both Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and this ballet started it off where Alice was actually in a mental health institution. Mm -hmm. um, and then her, her journey into Wonderland was still like the light uplifting thing that it was. Um, but it started off in a much darker place than the Lewis Carroll book started. Yeah. The, the uh, Splintered book series is really good, too, for Alice. The Splintered book series? It, it's called 
the first book is called Splintered, and I can't remember who wrote it, but um, that is another uh, take on Alice. That, so check that one out if you haven't read that one. Yeah. And it's um, also sort of the whole Fey realm as well. See, this is why I like doing these podcasts because now I have like more books that I need to gather. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, you only need a thousand books to be considered a library. I'm very far away from that, but every little bit helps. Yes. So it's splintered by A.G. Howard. That is another awesome one that I had to own all of them. Um, speaking of Beauty and the Beast, though, did you see the book um, came out in like 1996 or 8? Um, it was just called Belle. No, Belle Beauty. Beauty. I have a bunch of them, so it's hard to say. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, It was actually a book that I had read back in, uh, um, back in my school days, and I was uh, kind of surprised by it, but it always stuck with me. Um, Highly recommended. Don't remember the author, but it's just called Beauty. Um, very, very good interpretation. I know. I know. I have some by that name. I just haven't. I haven't looked at my bookshelf for a while. I mean, I probably have you know at least this many different Beauty and the Beast books, and they're all really skinny. Most of them. So that's a lot of a lot of books because again, it's it's collecting beautiful art because a lot of them are are made by different artists and just you know they're picture books so they've just got beautiful art as part of the story as well if you had to choose if you had to choose one that is your all-time favorite book um from the beauty and the beast or from any book that you have currently on your bookshelves oh, man. what is your I know I'm about to ask a very difficult question. Um, which one has the best art? Probably. It, it would be one of the Beauty and Beast books. And there was a particular artist that he, he just had beautiful art. But I can't remember his name right now. But um, there is one particular one that his art was just amazing and i think i think he did other i i even bought some of the other books that he did the art of just just to buy the book because he was the illustrator for it i'll i'll have to find that is what that is and i'll, I'll share it with you i just have to look on my bookshelf no worries um speaking of books as well um what is a book that you currently do not have on your bookshelves that you would lo love to own? Um, I own a lot of books. <laughs> a lot of books. Um, I, have, I have multiple libraries in my house, I think. Um, I don't know if I can think of any books that I, I don't own other than if I wanted the whole series of all of these Fay ones I talked about because buying books is one of those things that if I have to have it, I, I must have it. So it doesn't stay on my wish list for very long. <laughs> okay. Thrift, thrift books is your friend. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. 
you are gonna make you are gonna turn me into a library like by the uh, end of 2022. <laughs> um, so uh, doodle in our uh, doodle in our chat reminded me uh, there's a uh, not a gag uh, that we have that it's now become more like a reality at this point. Um, Emily, I, and a whole host of community members want to do a whole photo shoot where we overtake a castle, uh. but mostly just so that we can like utilize their library. Mm -hmm. And we just want to do a whole photo shoot in the castle, around the castle, in the library, read all the books in the library, and just spend like a whole day um, or longer taking over this castle. That would be awesome. That would um, be really awesome. Would you like in on this matter? Oh yes, yes, I definitely <laughs> would like that. You yes. get to ride on the 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 library ladder. Even I've always wanted a library ladder. Oh, there! Someone put a post uh, that there was a library ladder, and they had specifically put the picture of Belle from the Disney animated version of that, and it's just like, do not do this. <laughs> It's like ah, killing dreams. Yeah. Um. So if we can, uh, so this is to our community out there. If you're listening and you know a castle with one of those sliding, uh, sliding ladders in a library, um, if that is a way that we can get the Autumn Fairy Queen with us, uh, please yeah. make it so. That would be cool. Do you have, or not? Do you? What dream projects do you have? Um, I guess right now my dream projects would really be to grow my fairy ball community here, you know, in this southern region where we could hold costume balls for each of the cross quarters. Well, actually, the solstices and the cross quarters. So you could have, you know, something for the, you know, the fairy ball in September for the solstice. You could have something in December for um, Yule or Christmas. And then you've got, you know, spring or Ostara in, in March. And then the midsummer in June for the, the summer solstice. So that way you would have all, all four cross quarters of the year. I love that. Um, okay, so, so expand yeah, this in. Right now, you know, I've got the fairy ball, you know, in September near the, the autumn solstice or equinox. Mm -hmm. um, and that also is so in this region, that's right before all of the, the Renfest season starts here because um, and it extends the Halloween, Halloween dress up season a little bit too. you know, you want to extend the season. You don't want to make it short. Um, so that's September. And then I have the adult prom in March. So for, for my spring ball, I did um, this year, we did an adult prom. It, was, it wasn't fairy themed, but we did um, a night to remember totally rad 80s theme. So everybody dressed, you know, in 80s costumes or 80s prom costumes and had our, our spring um, ball and everybody had a fabulous time. I just had posted the, the pictures on our our website and um, had worked on our rack card and oh my goodness some of those people they look like they were having an awesome time that's for sure 
Please tell me that you bust a move. I did. Yes. Yes. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. So, I mean, I had big 80s hair and, you know, a big fluffy 80s dress. It was it was awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I'm hoping in a year or two, I've just started um, having a meetup group. So I'm hoping that that will help you know, build our community here um, in the South too. Um, and what I'm doing with that is, I'm trying to find this, I wrote it down. Um, hmm. Well, anyway, it's called the Gulf Coast Fairy Fantasy Meetup. And so we're going to be having monthly meetups where we can just go hang out in a restaurant, you know, always good conversation and food is fantastic. So, we get together, meet people, and um, then we would also have, I think I was calling them like fairy frolics, where we would get together as a group and then go to different, um, different events that are on the coast. So like a local art day where, you know, they're, they're having an art festival and if we all showed up in our fairy costumes, we can wander around as a little group, you know, enjoying um, the the vendors and again, you know, having food and drink. But it also gets everybody out in public and gets other people seeing people dressed in costume, which might inspire some people. It might, you know, inspire the little kids that might see you that think it's fun. So just another way to just get out because to, for me, I love costumes. And my thing is where do I go to dress up like that? Mm-hmm. And, and definitely we do do want the guys dressing up as fairies. There's some really hot looking guys dressed as fairies. I'm telling you <laughs> long hair or short hair. It doesn't matter, but no, there's, you know, all sorts of ways to do that too. But um, we just, you need to get out and, and see people. And um, by going to some of these free community events, you can support the local neighborhoods, the restaurants, the food trucks, they usually have bands. And then you have another chance to dress up. You're probably not going to wear like formal ball gown out, but like what I'm wearing, you know, sort of fairy light, you know, I have my sort of fairy looking clothes on and a headpiece or wings or whatever. And you go out and have a good time. Um, you know, I, I'm part of a crew that does pirates and, and they meet once a month, you know, at a, at a restaurant and everybody wears their pirate gear and they show up and they have a good time. And, you know, I want to do that with the fairies. Um, but, am- you know, it's definitely open to everyone, men, women, and any anything else. We're we're equal opportunity because the fair everything. The fair everything. Just don't make a deal. Just don't yeah. make a deal. You're very careful with your words. <laughs> very careful with your words. That's why I, I it always gets me. Sometimes I'm I'm very careful with my words. So when I when I say things a certain way, that was because I meant it that certain way. What is it about um, 
it's between like Faye and Jin or genies and um, these that can make your dreams come true. But it's always with this, like you have always to be always a catcher. You always have to be so particular with your words. Yeah. Why? I'm curious. Why do you think that is? Well, probably because nothing in life is free. Hmm. I mean, that, that's sort of a, not, nothing is free. There's, there's always, you, you have to, it's an exchange, you know, because not, there's nothing created out of, out of nothing. It has to come from somewhere. So that would be my guess. And I do you know? like, the... and if oh. you don't choose to take on the, you know, the downside yourself, then you're pushing it on someone else. And I love how, I love how it's not always like a tangible something that they take. It's mm -hmm. like a memory or, um, I don't know, something just like your sense of smell. I don't something, right. something that you don't think that you would maybe miss or you would just kind of be like, oh well, you know, I can I can do without that. But then you realize how much of it you're actually missing. Yeah, and it's a lot of it is. Um, it's just awareness because most people live their life totally unaware. I mean, it's like the matrix. <laughs> We're living in the matrix and nobody is, nobody is paying attention. And I guess part of, um, I guess one of the things about the Fae or, you know, nature religions is you are trying to be, it's, it's being more aware to be aware of yourself how you're making your choices. And, and if, even if you don't make a choice, you're still making a choice. So, you know, you, you just have to have to be, it's, it's personal awareness. And um, I guess one of my favorite things, I, it's a necklace I sometimes wear, it's, you know, it's the mirror. So, you know, everything that you see is a reflected back at you a, as a mirror. So when you get upset about something, what is it about yourself that is causing that? You know, because, you know, the only thing that you can change is yourself. So you can't whine and complain that it's somebody else's fault. You have to change yourself. So um, just, just be aware and try to see what hidden things that you have in yourself that might cause you to be acting the way you are. I just have to give that some applause. That is some incredible advice. And so, oh, well, thank you. I try. I mean, I I, re I really try on that work always to be the the best person I can be for myself and my son, you know. And I guess it's give me the strength to follow the path to um, our highest good because it's all it's always hard. It's not that's that's not the easy part. And it, no, it is not. Um, I am the, I'm the child of a, um, I'm the child of a single mother. And I, as someone who has had to play like both roles for mm -hmm. many, many, many years and still find ways to be them, their best selves. Um, it's, it is hard. So being a parent is a, is a difficult journey no matter where you are um mm -hmm. but to have that kind of sage wisdom um thank you for that 
Yes. Well, thank you. I, yes. As a single mother, it is, it is hard, but I, I do my best. And I hope that your son also says that you're doing your best. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. He's, he's a, he's a great boy. <laughs> um, well, he hasn't been stolen by the fairies. So, you know, I feel like he's doing it. He's doing okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did have this question written down and I'll ask you two different ways because it just kind of hit me. Um, from all of these stories that you've read, is is there a character or someone that you would love to have lunch or tea with? Mm hmm. Oh. I don't know. I guess I'm I probably have to go with like Maleficent or, you know, Regina, the evil queen. Those are both my favorites. Okay. I'm really intrigued by that answer. Why? Because everybody's misunderstood. Because everybody's misunderstood. My favorite, you know, it's like, um, uh, wicked, you know, Alphaba. She would be another one, you know, where, it, the story always depends on your point of view. So just because it was written that way, what, what is their side of the story? What, what was the, the reality? It's sort of in the middle usually, but um, I, I just, I like to see, you know, different points of view, I guess, you know, and like, you know, with Regina, the evil queen from, you know, once upon a time, then, you know, she eventually changed her ways and, you know, that showed her, you know, contributing and helping as well. And, you know, the new um, Maleficent did with the, the, the new movies as well. You know, she was portrayed in a different way than she was in the original Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. I, I really do have to give it up to, um, to Angelina Jolie and her portrayal of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she brought more of a motherly instinct than I thought um, that Disney was going to give her mm -hmm. uh, or allow her to contribute. And that was, it was a softer side to her. But when she needed to be, um, for lack of a better term, pissed off, mm -hmm. uh, Angelina Jolie definitely delivered. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was just an awesome series. And, you know, and I'm surprised actually with that, I, I had to, I had to buy both of those movies because they were just so awesome. But the whole possibility of the Fae realm that they showed in those movies where all, I can't remember what they called them, but they, they had the, the fire fairies and they had the, the ice fairies and all those different realms of those hidden fairies. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they haven't done movies of that because that is just, you could do all sorts of awesome things running with that realm that nobody's done yet. 
maybe not those disney did do um like a whole tinkerbell series where they expanded on um how tinkerbell came into being uh being more like a tinker fairy and then you had like the light fairies the water fairies yeah i think i did watch one of those the other day normally i haven't had to watch cartoons for a while so i don't always watch the don't always watch the cartoons but that was neat how they um they did do that um as well it was for for disney it was more on the like kids side of things but it was still like pretty well done from like from my perspective um in terms of i mean in terms of like writing um writing different things from different perspectives um Sometimes, sometimes from what I remember and what I notice is that the Fae are, are more vilified than they are like, um, sometimes given like a more um, positive side. And maybe mm-hmm. that's my biased perspective. Um, do you think that that's kind of more of that like perspective sort of thing? Or do you think it's just like historical tradition? Um. I mean, it's in part, it's probably judging people's actions on on your own culture and not on on their own, because that is, you know, it, it's very alien to how how we would live. So sometimes they they call that negative when it's just different. It's just different. Um, so. I, I don't know. And of course it's a story too. So um, it's always better if it's a, a a bad story than, you know, always just positive. It doesn't sell as, as good. Fair. I, I can see that. You know, because um, it isn't always as good of a story as just how, you know, Oh, this is my best friend and we're having a great time. And, you know, I'd be like, no, you have made a deal and I'm going to see the contractual obligation of this yeah. and I will punish you because you are bad. Yeah. Uh, my other question for you, um, so that from the fantasy element, um, who is one person real, I'm sorry, one person alive or dead that you would most like to have lunch with? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, I guess I would have to say probably Brian Froud because um, the the work that he's done with, you know, um, his, his fairy books and his oracle cards and things like that um, is just um, amazing. And it, it would be interesting to um, talk to him about how, how he really um, worked through those to, um, to bring all of those to life. I now the name Brian Froud does ring a bell, but I maybe just have never. He's I, he's an artisan, and I believe he also did some stuff for um, oh man, the the Dark Crystal. I think he did Dark Crystal. Yes. Okay. So um, 
that would be where more of a mainstream version, but he also has some fairy books and he has a fairy, it's not quite a tarot set, sort of fairy oracle. I think it's called fairy oracle. Oh yeah, Yoda too. So they just have done all sorts of really awesome things. But I would be interested to to see how um, he came up with all of the the fairies that are in his book and the the oracles, because that would be awesome. Looking at, um, I did a quick uh, Google search for it, and I can I see a lot of the um, the Jim Henson or where Jim Henson probably pulled uh, pulled some of the inspiration for things like Labyrinth or mm -hmm. um, or the Dark Crystal, um, pulled a lot of that inspo from from some of the work that I'm seeing, and yeah. it's. Uh, so honestly, if you haven't looked up um, Brian Froud, please go look him up. Um, I believe his last name is spelled F-R-O-U-D. Yes. And his work is stunning. And um, if, if anybody is interested in fairies, if you don't have that um, fairy oracle set, you need to get that too. It's a good set. It's not Honestly. quite like a tarot set. It's 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 different, but um, you know, there's all sorts of different um, fairy beings that he has in that, which are awesome. There's one picture right now, and I'm I'm not going to try and share my screen because I'm just working off one computer right now. Um, but there's one image that I found of him. Um, the title of it is the three-headed man. Uh, fantasy illustration or at least that's what google is putting up and it's this gnomish looking face and he's got one glass blue eye with this tree that's sprouting from his head and he's giving this quizzical look of like are you talking to me um it <laughs> you, you can honestly just kind of feel the emotion coming from that it's um, so thank you for helping tie that, uh, tie that, like, I know his work, but I didn't know the artist. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, so one last hard question that I'm going to ask you, um, out of all the books that you've read, what is one item from those books that you would most like to make real? Hmm. An item. Um, oh, man, I'm not sure if I'd probably just have to go with the different costumes, I guess. I can't think of anything else. You know, I mean, I like historical type based costumes. So to me, that's a challenge. You know, if you can see you know, an image of it or something to then um, create that, you know, and typically a, a sane person would never um, agree to take on those challenges. It's like, no, run away, but no, you know, so I'd probably have to go with, you know, creating some, you know, really fancy, you know, Louis the 14th, you know, court costumes or things like that. I could see that. Man, pompadour, big. I haven't made one of those, so I need to make one of those. Ooh, yes, please. And then I need pictures, and then we need prints of that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so costuming and clothing and incredible illustrations um for for yourself um out of all of the all out of all of the things that you currently do because you are you are the the brain power behind a lot of the things that you do what honestly fulfills you the most doing all of the things i think it's probably um having an idea and making it happen i mean that's that's creating magic doing magic is you know creating you have some idea and then somehow you make it happen you make it manifest um you know the the work of of seeing seeing it through i'm not always happy with how it turns out but i'm working on that is to to just work work through it and you know and just make it happen because um i mean i do all sorts of things that you know i guess i just make it happen <laughs> you know and then you know making just making new things and i don't know just just trying something new trying it out um what's what's one thing that you tried recently that you um found that uh, that you really enjoyed um i mean i guess the the last creative thing i did was um with my um local sca group they had done a arts and science class on how to make a uh, summer garb based on um like the greek chitons or diplodias and i had made a new dress that i think i may actually be able to wear to the fairy ball out of a a beautiful silk sari so working on that I, i've got it at least all sewn together so now i need to start adding jewels and things to it and figure out what i do with extra piece if i make a headscarf or or what but that's a work in progress that's so cool. Um, and you said it was a, a sari? Yes, I, I, well, you needed to get some fabric for it. So shockingly, I know I have a lot of fabric on hand. So um, I found a, one of the a silk saris that I had in the closet for a long time. It's like a, a dark teal color. It's a jacquard. So it's dark teal and silver uh, reversible because of the way the jacquard is, you know, the, the weaving is reversed. So one side is more teal with a little bit of silver and the other side is silver with a little bit of teal. So um, that was what I happened to use to make out of it. And it, you know, I had, it was a really long sari. So I was able to um, have a lot of yardage to make a long dress. See, there's that thing where we say like, oh, I'm never going to buy uh, any additional fabric or I'm just going to buy the fabric that I need for this project. Oh, that's, that's a total lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I, I was it was a new person that was on in one of these uh, Facebook sewing groups. They This must have been their first project. Bless their heart. They said, well, I'm done with my project. What do I do with the scraps? Do I throw them away? Do I give them away? And it's like, 
that is your stash, man. <laughs> That's your stash. You, you don't give it away. You keep it for years. <laughs> And then you finally like find that like quilt work project that you're like, oh, I I can totally use this again. Wait a second. Thirty years ago, I made this whatever. I know that I, just that is the perfect color. Let me go find. That. <laughs> uh, I admittedly I splurged on some fabric, and I think I might have overpurchased. Which, uh, whoops. Um, but it was this incredible um i actually still have it sitting in the box and i've had it sitting in the box for almost five months now because i'm too scared to cut into it um uh, i shared it on stream one night it's this like uh gold backing with these um dupioni style um embellishments going across it and it's mm -hmm. like this fire red and you've got these deep crimson colors and um it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous print. Um, but I am incredibly terrified to cut into it because I'm like, but one, it's gorgeous. Two, it was slightly expensive. So I'm trying to be very careful with it. Um, and on the other hand, I'm just like, I just I just want to stare at you. But then I also want to make something out of it, you. Uh, it, and then I'm going to wind up having like two yards extra. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Save it for your next awesome project. <laughs> um, I'll make a hat. I'll make yeah. a hat out of it. Mm -hmm. A hat, parasol. You could make a cape. It's all sorts of things. Oh, man. Um, it, kind of on that same that same line. Is there is there a particular favorite outfit that you have worn um, that you would love to wear again? Mm. Well, I guess I go to pocket linings. That's and adding pockets to everything. That's for sure. Um, I I go to a lot of formal type things. So I really I wear a lot of my stuff more more often. If if it's something I really like, you know, like um, a few years ago. I had seen a dress on um, Etsy that I, I don't know, I'm searching and I'm seeing this fancy dress and it's like, oh, I love it. What on earth would I do with it? I don't need it. So I moved on and I kept thinking about this dress. I keep thinking about this dress. So it's like, okay, fine. I'll buy the dress. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do with the dress? And then um, I, I made a party around the dress so um, I needed, um, it was my going to be my 50th birthday. And my mom is saying, well, what, what should you do for your birthday? You can have a party. And it's like, okay, I'll have a cinquentanera. I've always, I always was sad that I missed um, my quinceanera. So for however many years that is, I had been missing having that fancy, you know, 15th birthday party. And it's like, I am going to have a fancy party. So that was what I wore that, you know, big fancy, you know, queen, queen dress for um, my birthday party. And then I also wore it again to with, with the, um, the homeschool team group that I um, 
I also do events for, they had an Alice in Wonderland prom this spring. And so I wore that as the Red Queen dress as well. And I think I wore it to the fairy ball last year as well. So I've worn that one a few times. Um, I'll probably wear it to a Mardi Gras ball as well. So um, there, there really isn't anything that I really love that I haven't worn again. I would sort of, I would like to do something to my actual wedding dress that I could wear. I mean, I'm not going to fit into it now, but I, I have the fabric so I can, <laughs> I can maybe, if I, I was thinking I could maybe add um, a corset back to it. So then I could actually wear that because um, that's a, that's an absolutely gorgeous dress. I had, I had, I had made my own dress um, based on a 1890s worth of Paris um, gown. And, um, you know, it's, you know, a silk jacquard with um, dragons on it. And I had, you know, black pearls strung across it, festooned across it. Um, so I would really like to wear that one again. I, okay. Um, one, I applaud you for utilizing the word festooned. Um, that is an incredible word that I'm now going to find a way to forcibly utilize in, in, in a future conversation. Um, but also that sounds like an incredible, incredible gown. And um, well, that, that, that was some engineering on that, that one. Um, because the, the, the reason why the pearls are festooned is they are strung on clear fish line and glued so it looks like they are floating as they're draped uh, down the skirt. Ooh, okay. So so that way, you know, like there's lines of the, um, the pearls as a swag. But now you can actually buy it in a cheap version on wire. But at that time, it didn't exist. So I just had to... Um, you know, glue it on there. So that's okay. Mine just exploded. That is what that thing is called. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's some of those words are for the the specialty um, fabrication methods for some of the historical Victorian style dresses. People don't, you know. You don't ruche your fabric as much anymore unless you're making um, that that type of clothing style. Ruching is another style of, of trim, specialty trim. <laughs> there was um, there is a French uh, French uh, seamstress, or I'm sorry, let me call her um, French um, sewer. And she was making a um, a hydrangea dress in, in the style of a Victorian uh, Victorian style or uh, no Baroque style um, high fashion gown. Mm -hmm. And I watched her take um, a lot of this fabric, and she would be like hand dyeing some of it, and then she would bleach certain portions of it because she wanted to get that uh, that ombre effect oh, wow. going from like pinks to a nice purple color wow. um making like silk flowers and bows and mm -hmm. um getting really adorned and so 
my whole point of that is that I'm in, uh, I'm just very awe-stricken by those that put so much detail into making things very historically accurate, mm -hmm. but, but then putting that incredibly artistic spin on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just some, some, some beautiful things. And I guess that's, that's one of the, the reasons why I love these costumes as well, because our modern fashion sense is just so appalling sometimes. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, and um, you know that that's where I, I I like the chance to to wear something that you think that's that's beautiful. What I mean, whatever that is, that you can't always wear. I mean, yes, you I could dress like this and go to the grocery store, but people just think you're really weird, even more than you're a little bit weird. So it it just it makes you feel more comfortable that at least if you're in the company of other people dressed up crazy. Um, but I mean, really, nowadays, what is crazy? Because I think everyone has that, like, something that they're into that someone would call crazy. So, yeah. really, what is crazy? Yeah. So, I like to wear pretty things. And, you know, I, I just, I have collected all sorts of, you know, pretty things over the years. My little dragon's hoard of of pretty things, you know, and that way, you know, when I go to do some costume thing, I can pull out of my closet the various things that I have collected. And um, there's just no point to, um, you know, wear something ugly. Just don't. I mean, even when I'm hanging around the house, I'm going to wear something that I think looks good. Uh, yes. It's comfortable, but don't wear something you think is ugly. That's just crazy. <laughs> um, Archer, uh, one of the, our moderators, uh, put in our chat, ah, yes, the looks you get when you show up to, uh, to Target in full Renfair regalia in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. Yes. You get some, you get some strange looks sometimes. <laughs> uh, I look forward to the days when we start selling, like, Part of our costumes are more of these incredible, uh, very detailed Victorian regalia, and it'll be like ten years down the road, and we'll look back and we'll and they'll say, "Why didn't we start selling this sooner? They're selling like hotcakes," and yeah. all the Renfair people will go, "We were telling you." Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, oh, and we didn't really talk about it. Somebody, um in one of the earlier comments was wondering, you know, what men wear to, um, to, you know, a fairy, a fairy thing. Um, and I went to a very good um, talk on, at, it was a, a panel at the MobyCon. Um, Stephen Harper had given a talk on men's fashions through, through history. And that was very interesting. Um, you know, I've studied a lot of fashion and usually I'm studying the women's fashions, not as much the men's, but really, you know, it, again, it's, it's whatever they would feel comfortable in. I mean, do you just want to wear a standard tuxedo, which mostly has sort of looked the same for the last, you know, hundred years, you know, or do you want to go, you know, a little bit more flamboyant, 
you know, and you get a little bit further back in history, you know, but you can look at all of the warrior types through history, you know, because, you know, if it's, again, whatever would make that person feel comfortable and strong and good, you know, you could have um, from barbarians on up, you know, to, you know, modern warriors. I mean, it's just, what do you like? I mean, do you want to look like a Victorian, you know, gentleman vampire or, you know, are you going for the, you know, medieval knight or king, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings, Legolas, or, you know, some of those looks, which are awesome. Um, you know, it's just a wide variety and just depends on what, what they would want to look, you know, I mean, I do try to share, um, I guess if people are interested in getting costume ideas, I have created some Pinterest boards, you know, which that's such a rabbit hole if you, if you get into that, but I have created um, some Pinterest boards of women's, men's, couples and accessories just to have some ideas, you know, again, of, you know, beautiful things that you can, you know, do, you know, and do you want to go with, you know, for, for your style, are you going with sort of tribal rustic kind of a look, you know, do you want to wear, you know, skins and a um, deer antlers on your head? Um, or when I think th that guy, um, a man wore that to our first fairy ball. And I think he had a kilt on and then, you know, skins and a, um, a, a deer antler headpiece. They looked awesome. Um, his mate, you know, had on, you know, the skins, you know, as well. More, you know, almost cave person style tribal look, but that looked awesome, you know, or you can go formal medieval or, you know, it just sort of depends on what people um, feel like. But uh, for those links to my Pinterest boards, if you go to the fairy-ball.com, I have links on the, I think, what is that page called? It's like, what do you wear or something like that? Tell you exactly. It is called Costume Inspiration. I have a tab with um, all sorts of ideas and then my links to my Pinterest boards are down there. Plus you can always look at pictures of the people that have attended the um, fairy balls in the past because that's always neat to see what costumes people came up with. And for the, the people, it's, that's the other thing is I do want to make sure the fairy ball is supposed to be costume or formal, but if this is the first time you're doing a costume, you don't have to go all out. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be fun. So if you think it sounds like fun, go for it, you know, and just at least start with, you know, a basic, you know, modern formal or suit or whatever gown, and then just add a piece or two. Do you want to add, you know, headpiece? Do you want to add ears? Um, a beautiful pin, a necklace, you know, it, it doesn't have to be so, so all out. 
especially when you're first starting. So don't get overwhelmed because when you're comparing yourself to the people who have all of these fancy costumes, they have probably been working on costumes for years and years and years. So they have collected all of this, these things that they can add to their costumes. Usually they're not buying everything all at once for their costume. They might, but usually you're not, you, you just couldn't afford that. Um, but if you just figure every time you add one more piece on, then you start adding to your collection and can still participate because nobody is, nobody is going to be judging you or they should not be. Everybody is supposed to be there just having fun. And I personally like the wild mix of outfits. To me, that makes it interesting. It wouldn't be as fun if everybody is wearing a Victorian um, tailcoat and top hat for the men and the women are wearing some sort of long gown. If everybody is dressed the same, that's like boring. So mix it up. I, I want the mix. So I want some of the more tribal, some of the medieval, you know, all of the different time periods throughout history, um, throw in a few you know, just regular humans in modern formal wear that showed up amongst the Fae. You know, if you have some other kins that are showing up, you know, in all of their, um, what whatever they want to wear, you know, that's, that's what they should be doing. And, you know, what I was thinking was that this, this is a chance for, you know, the Fae to l let their glamour go for, you know, a night and show up as themselves you know, you don't have to have your human glamour on. You can you can show up as yourself for the night. I I don't know why this inspired me, and maybe it's like the fact that I play D and D or that sort of thing. I now really want to see a barbarian fairy. Yeah. Um, just like just all out double battle axes, wearing some wings, and just just busting a move. Yeah. Like. So I now really want to see a barbarian fairy. And, and see if how I have based my event is fairy court masquerade ball. It's if you are really, really going to the fairy queen's court in, in, in fairy. So what you would find there are all of the people who live in fairy, which is not just the fairies. It's all the other races as well. Plus all of the humans that they would have collected from across history because, of course, the Fae like to collect um, humans that are awesome. I mean, you could even find Elvis there, probably. You know? <laughs> probably. They, you know, they would have collected musicians and artists. Um, you know, so that just makes it, makes it interesting. And, you know, of course, I mean, this is a, a neutral ground meeting, you know, for all the courts and realms. Mm -hmm. So everybody's there to have a good time. But um, you, you're going to have the, you know, the very glamorous and you're going to have the the more edgy. Um, and I guess, you know, the, I take more of the the Faye um, take on beauty is, you know, there's beauty in everything. It, it doesn't always have to be uh, fluffy and light. It doesn't. And that's what also kind of what I've appreciated about 
um, seeing all these different things from Renfair is that not everything had to be so, so particular. Um, mm -hmm. We had on, uh, we had on um, Lindsay Stewart and we had her husband, uh, the Lord Mayor Bullfrog and their kind of take on Renfair kind of opened my eyes to being like, you can make it what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, not everything has to be in its own particular uh, particular sort of like subsection and in this box you can make it whatever you need to and I that is incredibly encouraging to someone who is still fairly new to that or to even those that are new to going to Renfair if they're scared about dressing up and um, not looking like everyone else does um, so I'm I'm very happy to hear hear that you say come as you are um or you know come in come in come in what you feel comfortable in but start off small yeah yeah because you know if you've never gone to anything dressed up unless you see pictures you you don't even know what's possible so that's part of one of the good things of going to ren fairs and different events is you can look at all the costumes and then you can appreciate what everybody else is wearing. And it's like, Ooh, that guy has awesome pants. I need to go get some of those. Or, you know, that's a, that's a great belt. Or, you know, I like their, you know, headpiece or, you know, whatever the little pieces and parts, everybody has something different, but what makes your outfit look rich is layers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's adding, adding layers to it. It's not, it, if you have to, even buying a bag costume and going with that is a good start. Sometimes I have done that. It was the best I could do. It was that, that or nothing. And I have done that. <laughs> I'm currently waiting on a wig to come in. Um, Cause there's actually a cosplay event on Friday that I would like to go to. Um, and I'm currently waiting on the wig and I've got a somewhat bad costume backup. Uh, but if I can get the wig, that is that is going to complete the look behind me. Uh, awesome, yeah. So it's you know you just just have to go for it. You know it's the point is to have fun, to make memories, you know, to connect with people, go meet new friends, you know, and just have a good time. And you know, you you have to make a point to make um, make special memories. I mean, you could stay at home all night and, you know, never, never go anywhere. And that would be okay. But that's sort of boring to do that for life. And you're talking to somebody who's a huge homebody and I've started realizing that over the last couple of months. So yeah. you are, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. You know, life is short. You, you, you got, you never know when's, when's your last chance. So you gotta, you gotta make it count. Um, and just, you know, just have fun and see that that's what also people, I guess, need to, to remember is that um, we need you to come co-create this space with us. It It is dependent upon all of the people that are coming to it to create that space. Everybody has their part. Um what, whatever your part is, but you make a difference when you show up. It's, it is exactly. And it's the more people that show up, 
even if you just go and you are present, you never know who you're going to impact. There was, um, we had, and I was uh, trying to think back to the name of it, and I just remembered, uh, we had a a fairy wing maker on our podcast a a couple episodes back, uh, Tatiana Pimentel. Hmm. Um, And she... Um, she was wearing her wings at an event one time and this little girl um, passed uh, passed by her and she's like oh, mommy she like she 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 looks like she looks like me and she wanted some fairy wings of her own and for Tatiana she had made mention of that that was that moment that had she not gone to that event and worn her wings because she was a little trepidatious about wearing them that little girl would not have seen seen that kind of representation yeah, yeah. um so it is it's also it's also nice during the middle of a, a current panini that's currently going on um that to still have social events and to get out and still remind yourself to be a a human of human to human interaction um is still i think a very worthwhile experience. Yes, yes. And, you know, where we're having our event is a is a very large venue. So for the people that are still not as comfortable being so close to other people, then um, there is, is room for them to be separated as well. You know, because it's, it's not, um, it's not in just one area where we have the ballroom, and then there's a sort of a foyer area, and then there's an outdoor walkway, which um, that'll actually be sort of cool. We've we've got, I'll look at the name of it. It is um, Queenly Conjure Tea Room from New Orleans. She's going to be um, coming over and um, setting up her folk magic tea room out there. So that'll be awesome. Um. Since uh, we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about the uh, the masquerade night, and I do actually have uh, the press release for that. Would you mind if I at least uh, read the um, read the first two uh, two paragraphs of that? Oh sure, sure, that'd be awesome. Okay, um, so imagine it, radio show, that sort of thing. Are you looking for a unique date night or girls' night out? Do you have fairy fantasy costumes or dressing up? Do you like an excuse for a new costume and support wildlife? Then this is for you. Start planning your getaway for the third annual Fairy Court Masquerade Ball Fundraiser. Join us to make memories and support a good cause in Biloxi, Mississippi. The Fairy Court Masquerade Ball is an immersive event based on Venetian tradition, fantasy stories, Celtic fairy and goblin lore, and stories of fantasy and wonder. Between the sea and the land, under the ancient live oak trees, between the worlds, the veil is open for one night. All realms across time are invited to the Autumn Queen's Fairy Court Masquerade Ball. On neutral ground, the courts of chaos and light meet. Nobles and humans dance among the fae, while goblins watch with hungry eyes in the wings of the court. Uh, VIP and GA tickets are available online. GA tickets are available at the door. 
Um, adults 18 plus costume or formal attire is required. BYOB mixers, sweet treats, and food trucks are on site. DJ dancing in the ballroom, entertainment, terror readers, costume contest, single couple group, masquerade, eye mask, celebrity costume contest judges, um, etc. etc. Um, so please. Oh. Uh, please come join us. And that is Saturday, September 24th from 8 p.m. until 12 a.m. Yes. We're looking forward to it. This will be exciting for our third year. Lots of fun. Um, speaking of, there, I do want to ask, is there, is there any part of the, your creative process that you get the most excited about? It's um, coming up with new ideas, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I mean, I also come up with more ideas and new things that one could do in a million years, but um, I enjoy the, the creative process, I guess, of coming up with new ideas and new experiences and, you know, things to, to create. Um, and I guess, you know, a lot of what I like is being able to um, connect people, you know, to create experiences. Any more people, people don't need stuff. They need connection and experiences with other people and making memories. That's, that's what's meaningful. Not so much that you need to buy something, you know, but to to have an experience, to support artists, to, to witness their art even, you know, because that, that was one thing that, you know, during the pandemic is in addition that, you know, they weren't um, making any money, but all of the artists, whether they were performing arts, visual arts, whatever, they had no audience, you know, and that's, that's part of what they crave. I mean, you know, we talked about the, you know, having to actually create something, but for the people whose art is performance, they have to have an audience. You know, they, they need an audience to enjoy their art. So it's, it's, it's all a whole symbiotic, you know, thing, you know, you want, you, you go and you bring yourself you're, you're part of the experience and then you are witnessing all the other people as well while they witness you. So everybody gets something out of it. And it is an, and it's an incredible time just to watch people like make connections. And then you watch that friend group start to grow and grow and grow. And, um, even if like there maybe not be Facebook friends or lifelong friends, they may be just event friends. Yeah. Um, even watching that flourish is, is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and where I live, you know, I didn't know anybody that really likes this kind of thing that much. When I started this, I, you know, other places I've lived, I had, you know, groups of friends that loved costumes. And so we would always, you know, dress up for Halloween and, you know, have costume parties other times of the year. But here I did not know anybody. So I'm also doing this, you know, for me to make friends too. I mean, that's, that's the point. I'm, I'm not going necessarily with my group of friends. I'm, I'm hoping to meet new people, meet nice new people. 
while I'm at this. <laughs> so the queen doth proclaim that she does wish to have more friends and acquaintances. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of, uh, oh my God. Sorry, I have like questions that just come into my head and then they go in one ear and then they just go boop, out the <laughs> other. So my apologies. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, yeah. But it will come back to me. I mean, definitely check our website. We have all sorts of information on there. I'll be working on trying to create some videos or things of it. Um, it's not my favorite thing, but I'll, I'll be working on it. Um, you know, it is just a, a chance to create more community and, you know, have fun and give back to, you know, nonprofits as well, because a lot of people haven't heard of these nonprofits. And, you know, that's part of the letting people know that there are other other nonprofits that need your help too. Um, and just as a reminder for our listeners, um, if you're just tuning into us now, um, some of those uh, some of those charities that this masquerade ball is going to support is Whisper of Hope, and the and I'm so sorry. Uh, would you remind me of the other one? Casa of Harrison and Stone Counties, and it's they are the court appointed special advocates for the abused and neglected children in the area that you know, would be going into the court system, then this advocate helps the child along and is their friend throughout the system to make sure that they get their needs met, you know, because the judge can't be there all the time to see what's going on. So this person is there to be their buddy to make sure that, you know, they're getting what they need or to let the court know what they need, you know, but it's just another, another person because, you know, the caseworkers and all that just don't have enough time to adequately make sure all the needs of the kids are met. Um, but it's, it's a very worthwhile cause and, you know, and they are everywhere. So this happens to be our local counties, but wherever you live, there's this same CASA group. All I, over. Did, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, um, I do have to ask: Are the um, are those charities linked on your um, on your website? Yes, yes, they are. Perfect uh, for our listening audience. Um, just in uh, just in case, so you have the correct uh, correct website um, to go check out. That that is going to be fairy um, spelled f a e r y hyphen ball dot com. Um, to get uh, to purchase your tickets to go find more information about the wonderful charities that are being supported by this event. Um, so please tell your friends, tell your friend's friend, tell your grandma, because I'm sure that she would love to go out for a night on the town. Um, so please share with as many people as possible. Um, yes. And I will be creating, I don't have it done yet, but I will be creating some sort of Facebook group associated with the page and event as well, but it's on my list of things to do. Um, and if anyone would like to volunteer their time to help out such a wonderful cause, um, please get in contact with the yes. lovely Suzanne here. 
Um, so it is, it takes a village um, to help create something beautiful. So please, uh, anytime that you can spare to, to turn this into a much bigger and um, just making it a better experience for everybody, please uh, get in contact with Suzanne, which uh, brings up my next question. Uh, what are some good ways that they can, um, that our lovely listeners and Fay folk, if should they come out, um, make their presence known? How can they get in contact with you? There on our fairyball.com website, there is a way that you can send messages there. You can um, also go on our Facebook page and you should be able to message us through the fairyball message whatever the Facebook messenger as well to contact us. Perfect. Um, and are there any other social media accounts that you, uh, that you have that you would like to plug in as well? Um, I think I probably have all of them. I've got an Instagram account. Most of them are at fairy ball without the dash F A E R Y B A L L. So I think there's um, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I don't, I don't have smoke signals, but I, I would like that. I might be <laughs> <to> smoke <laughs> um, I'm trying to learn all of this, um, all of this social media because I, I need a, I need a younger person to help me <laughs> with social media. Some, but um, I have them linked on our, um, on our, website as well and um i think i I'll, I'll be updating our facebook page with all of those as well so i mean what is it TikTok? i just added i have no idea how to even work that <laughs> uh, you and me both i'm still figuring that out uh <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll do that together um <laughs> uh, well, Suzanne, I honestly, this has been a, a really, really pleasant experience. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for Thank bringing. You so much, Trey, this was so much fun. I, I have learned a lot, um, and you've honestly taught me a lot about just the community in general. And I just have to say, what an incredible thing that you're that you're putting out into the community. Um, I, if no one has told you recently, I'm proud of you. Well, you, thank you. You thank may not need to hear it from a random person in South Carolina, but I am very proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. I, I do really try and I, I do I do always strive to make the world a better place. So hopefully I'm creating something that will help help some other people. Um, and I definitely think that you are. So um just as a another plug for Ms. Suzanne here, uh, you can go still purchase your tickets uh, for the Fairy Ball that is going to be in Biloxi, Mississippi. That is going to be um, Saturday, September 24th from 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Um, you are still able to purchase your tickets at fairy-ball.com. Um, and if you have any other questions um, for um, for this lovely event, um, you can check out their Facebook group. You can check out their social media accounts um, and also check out the website for further details on the charities. Uh, typically, we like to end with a quote 
at the end of her night. Um, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, uh, but do you have a quote that you would like to leave our listeners with? All right, I will. I will remove my desk cat here. She had to make her appearance. Um, my my favorite quote is: um, "Children are the living message we send to a time we will not see." That's my favorite. That is beautiful. Uh, it, oh. Yeah, it's. I can't remember the the person that um, that made it, but that's the. Children are the living message we send to a time we will not see. 